Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jansen. It's the Daily Talk Show episode 245 with special guest, the Sydney Opera House, <laughs> yeah. which is behind us, and, and Matt Vella. Legendary. One of them is legendary. <laughs> exactly. It's not me. Yeah, pick yeah, the one. One's <laughs> old as fuck and made of steel, yeah. and the other's... Also made of steel. <laughs> uh, Matt Vella, last time we had you on the podcast was when we were in Los Angeles. Yep. West yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. Mm. You're, you're a long way from West Hollywood. Yeah, no, I feel good. You know what? Honestly, I feel burnt right now, <laughs> having been out in the sun all day. You were just um, um, bad-mouthing our ozone layer well, a moment ago. it's not the best ozone layer. <laughs> it might be the worst, actually. Well, do we know one of it? What do you guys know about the ozone layer? I want to say not much, so hopefully uh, it's somebody else... has got holes in it. Yeah. That's yes. what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, well, I, I mean, what's interesting, actually, is that you guys with your private schools, a lot of them, and I don't, I don't know if this is public school as well, yeah. but they all wear the hats, and you yes. have to wear your hat when you're outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wear, we did like, not have the, that. The flap at the back? Yeah, the cover up all the skin, and mm. we, don't, we don't have that. Yeah, it's pretty serious, I yeah. think, um, the issues with it and what it can do to your body. What, so, is, what is the uh, U.S. school system like? We see the... Hollywood version, the college, the lockers, the, sorry, not college, you know, the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, quintessential high school. Cafeterias. Cafeterias. Yeah, I think you always have a difference between public and private school. And I don't have a lot of experience with private school, uh, having grown up in a public. But yeah, I think it's, it's not the best. You know, I think a lot of the criticisms that people make about it not preparing you for the real world uh, can be true. <laughs> guy just can you explain where we are, yeah, TJ? What, yeah. yeah, maybe so we, we should do that We're too. in a place called Opera Bar, which is on the water, on the Sydney Harbour. Looks, It's like one of the best spots. So it's mm, like mm. one of the biggest tourist attraction, tourist traps as yeah. far as a restaurant and a bar, but it's like one of the best views. So we're drinking beers. There's a lot of um, a lot of tourist photos happening. Yeah. Ten bucks a beer isn't too bad, though, or is it? Is, is that, that what it was? Is that what yeah, it was? It was Twenty bucks clean. Is that's, that a, that's, that's not, not a tourist it's, trap. Yeah, I think. It's a bigish beer, uh, and so yeah, it's good beer. So it's a great spot. We're in one of the the most quintessential Sydney locations yeah. available to us, and yeah. so yeah, this is us. Uh, the, back to the high school thing. Uh, on a serious note, Columbine, do you remember, what do you remember of that when you were growing up? I was, I think, in eighth grade, which was, would, would be middle school. So mm-hmm. that's right before you would go away to high school. I remember coming home and my mom having it on the TV. It was really the first school shooting mm. that I recall. Yeah. There probably could have been one-offs, but this was the first mass shooting in a school. And I think it was, it was scary. And it was like the start of obviously a massive epidemic of repeats and yeah. other people doing the same thing and like us having bomb threats at my own middle school uh, where somebody wrote that they were gonna you know pipe bomb the cafeteria and then the entire school gets off for the next two days and then they you know bring the kid in for interrogation and it's like a little bit unnerving but at the same time as much as it is in the media and all over the news mm. It's very rare, and, and it's like getting hit by lightning. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very unlikely that it's actually going to happen to you and your school. But it seems like what's happening now is it's like more and more people are getting hit by lightning. There's more and more cases of, of it happening. Or do you more, think that we're just hearing about it more? Uh, I think that, like, I mean, obviously there is more cases of school shootings. Yeah. That's definitely more and more prominent. But, like, like, I mean, gun control is such an interesting topic, especially considering Australia versus America. Mm. Like, definitely totally different approaches to it. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, obviously, like, in terms of gun control, and now this 
podcast just got very yeah, political. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got yeah. very I'll political. take it somewhere I'm else not, after this. Yeah, yeah, please. Dig yourself a little bit. Go. Yeah. Keep no, going. I think <laughs> I've gotten into arguments with Australians about this because I'm kind of in the middle and I'm very like apolitical. I usually don't really take a political stance and I yeah. can actually see both sides. Something that we were talking about earlier today yeah. is like mm. just like this idea of like there is. Uh, there's probably truth in both on both fronts, yeah. and the the one is that like shootings in general and like gun violence is largely people using guns on themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's usually handguns. Yeah, and it's like even if you got rid of all the automatic assault rifles, you'd still have a lot of problems with gun violence. Mm-hmm. And it's like so, how do you actually solve that mm-hmm. problem? Uh, and getting rid of all the guns. That's it. Natalie, my uh, partner, who is an Australian, she says, just get rid of all of them. Yeah. And I was like, okay. You go around to all these people down yeah. south that have guns, stockpiles of guns, yeah. and then you go and take their yeah, guns it's away. Hard. It's You're not, not going to be able to take them away. It's not. It's not built into the uh, amendment the here culture. in Australia. And one of our one of our prime ministers just said, "Yep, we're taking them all back. We're buying them back off. You you can't do anything about it. We're taking most of the really lethal guns off off the market." So that was a. Uh, a cutting ties moment, which I think Australians just go, "Why don't you fucking do that?" Yeah, in America, it's, it's yeah, a, dude. I like I even when I was in um, Texas, like out, out, out in the. I was going to say out in the outback, but it's not the outback. It's the American version of the outback, mm-hmm. middle what of is nowhere, that uh, is, middle America. My mate, <laughs> my wheel we driving, and my mate had no top on and tried to go in to pay for our petrol. They said. Nah, you can't come in. And then these two dudes in singlets that looked like they basically had no tops on with huge guns on their hips just were allowed to walk in Legit. and out. It's like yeah. you're allowed the gun in your hip, but you're not allowed the shirt. You're not allowed to come in here if you don't have a shirt on. Yeah. It was like, wow. And they were laughing about it too. We were saying it. It's just, like, that's so funny. Yeah, like a massive hypocrisy. And that's the same yeah. thing like you see in schools with like uh, clothing regulation. And you, your skirt can only be so high. Mm. And yet the cheerleaders walk in and their skirts have to be like super short yeah. which are shorter than regulation it's, um, and it's like it's just I think hypocrisy like that is it, crazy it's confusing times what did you yeah. uh, wear in high school a skirt <laughs> <laughs> cheerleading outfit I was cheerleader vibes <laughs> like, yeah. obviously actually no dude I, I actually did do cheerleading for a day <laughs> I did do cheerleading for a day because like, like I guess one school game out of the year the yeah. cheerleaders would pick uh, a guy to cheerlead with them yeah and I was like, this is my shot. <laughs> this is where I'm going to get in with the cheerleaders, which were not very desirable. But, um, yeah. Did you say they weren't for it? They're not weren't like, very desirable. It no, it, it wasn't like bring it on. It wasn't where like the cheerleaders were like like the coolest the girls cool in the school. What were they like? Uh, they were like the aspiring dancers. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. And like there was like the flag people that like spun the flags around on poles. Uh, and yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what would you actually wear, though? I'm curious. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. I would wear... <laughs> well, because I feel like when I was a kid, in high school, I used to think, man, if I would have casual dress days where you could wear whatever oh, you want. Oh, so you're saying... So paint the picture of what you thought col- uh, school was and then see if Matt can just say well, yes. Well, I just thought yeah. high school was like you could wear whatever you want. Like you didn't... When I grew up, I had school uniforms. I went to a public school, like yeah. just a sort of a povo shit school. And so... We still had to wear school uniforms. It wasn't blazers or anything. It was just like wearing a polo shirt and pants. But when you look at the US and you see like Nickelodeon. So the movies, yeah. Yeah, the movies, they're wearing like, I would be the Hawaiian shirt guy. It's like kids rocking up to school 16, driving to to school by themselves. Was that what was going on? Well, I think that if you were to look at me, the only thing that you would see is hair. Because I know, yeah, like, honestly, different. if you looked at my prom photos, it was crazy. Like, yeah. lit, legit, like, this huge bullet 
cut with with the bucket cut with the hair frayed at the sides oh, yeah. all around. Like I had a r- natural like rim. No straightener work. Or? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was just too long, and I had no idea what to do with it, and I was just too <laughs> afraid to cut it. And it wasn't until like after college, really, that I finally cut my hair. And um, so, what did you wear? Uh, <laughs> I wore jeans. Yeah. Usually, so it was casual and actually more bag. Yeah, yeah, a baggier cool. jeans. It wasn't actually there was no uniform. Yeah. Uh, baggier clothes, baggier pants, and then usually like a graphic T-shirt. Were you into something witty s- on it, like chicks dig me with uh, little chickens? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> were you into a, like the music scene, like with that fringe? Were you into like screamo? No, Sounds I wasn't like you're into from screamo. Four Light Boy, Boy or something. No, I was like into Limp Bizkit, Blink One Eighty Two, yeah. The Offspring. Yeah. yeah, The Offspring were good, but that was just like more from knowing. I wasn't like a fan. Green yeah. Day. Green Day. Yeah, I wasn't actually that big into music, okay. and I think it's because my parents weren't big into music. Okay, sure. And I feel like there's. You know, like I never listened to the Beatles until I was in college because, okay. like, I feel like my parents just didn't yeah. let me know that there was music. <laughs> there. Do you it's remember very your, sad. Do you remember your first CD? Uh, I think it was like TLC. I don't know why. TLC. I think I bought it for my sister. She sold it to me. Uh, did yeah. you have that, Josh? TLC? No, I, had that. I don't think so. That was a big one. What TLC. Was, was don't it? go chasing waterfalls. Yeah. There was like um, hot hits CDs that had like the top top song like so fresh so fresh yeah yeah, yeah. we had a couple of those like the the top 100 tracks of the year or whatever yeah. um so since we last saw you bits changed or yeah. nothing's changed yeah it depends who you ask yeah I, well I'll, I'll ask you has anything changed um i have more subscribers yeah. <laughs> on youtube a lot more a lot more i think yeah last time we saw each other i was around like 200 mm. and yeah. then uh since then i'm it's clean 740 <laughs> if yeah. I last checked this morning yeah. uh, no but it's been like the growth uh, on my channel has been crazy which like I guess just on the surface level things have changed I think it's just like the same thing but just at a little bit of a larger scale a little mm. bit more people are watching and paying attention to my videos than were in the past but generally similar content and, and you you don't have ads no ads yeah I haven't turned have you worked out what sort of cash you'd be making if you had ads I don't know it's hard to say because it's like it really depends on who's creating it. But I think since my content is pretty high quality and it's pretty safe, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not like I'm talking about gun control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do stay away from those topics in my videos, uh, mainly because I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I think that's like, uh, I don't, I, not that I know that much of what I'm talking about when it comes to like self-development and stuff, yeah. but I feel like I have more of a ground to stand on. Well, it's like your na- naivety level. Is it like we're just a little bit more naive in regards to like I know way less about this stuff so my comfort level of talking about it is super fine whereas probably because you live in mm. a country where it's actually a thing mm. it's probably less less something you want to talk about yeah yeah right it's basically it's just because it's like so volatile and it's very hard to talk about anything within politics because mm. it's like people get very upset yeah. if you don't agree with them 100 uh-huh. percent, which is the craziest thing and i think that the most interesting thing about like 2018 2019 is this idea of identity politics mm. and like people just being like okay i'm liberal so therefore i have all these beliefs that yeah. all line up with me and it's like eh, i don't think it really should be like that but in terms of what was the Question. The question is, how do you feel? And I think it's, Good. but maybe that is, are you thinking differently about what you're putting into the video based on how many more people are watching now? Do you or? have to be more vanilla? Do you have no, to, not you know? at all. No. And I think that's like, I've lost a lot of subscribers by like, 
not being I'm not like crazy but I'm like a curse and I'm yeah. I try to be myself as much as I can in my videos were these people before or people have signed up and gone oh hang on I think it's you always you're always getting like certain amount of people that are leaving yeah. and I think like anytime like when we did our podcast together I said cunt in it yeah, yeah. and, and um, you said it again probably and I did it again right here <laughs> and but I probably lost a few people from seeing yeah. that I, I don't know like legitimately I like to think that our dislike uh, rate was only higher because of uh, you dropping the C-bomb <laughs> and nothing to do with us. Was it higher? Uh, I don't, the I've ratio? Got, I've got like, um, what is it called? VidIQ. And VidIQ ah. will show you like the tags that people used within videos, all the analytics. Well, it's not fair because it is a podcast and the podcasts on my channel don't do as well yeah, yeah, as yeah. the rest of my videos. Do what you, I, there is so many, I mean, with the more, with higher attention brings more trolls or people willing to just talk shit on your channel there was one guy that wrote on there and was blowing up about how you're pushing to uh, make money through Patreon or have people mm. uh, donate and support you creating the stuff because it's all ad free but then he was going so hard on that in one comment and then another comment down he'd watched the whole thing he got to the end and then was like commenting on the content yeah. of the actual podcast, which was like an hour long. Yeah. So it's like he was complaining about how you're pushing for, for people to support you to create more of these, but then watches the whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I think maybe in the beginning I was a little bit more worried about like trolls yeah, or haters yeah. or people that yeah. would like talk shit on you. But now it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, like, I think there's like an immediate kind of cringe to it when you see it. You're like, oh, because yeah. <laughs> like you're reading. I, I got to say the one thing that is amazing about the comments that I've noticed from my videos is that everybody's super positive and nice. Yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm like reading 20 comments of everybody being super supportive and positive. And then it's just this one shithead. <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah. you shit. Like, I'm, but <laughs> then, to spoil it. But I actually think it's important to to see that and to be mm. okay with it because people get too caught up in living in their own bubble of like thinking that they're the they're the shit and everything that they say is gospel and i think it's nice to see that and it also strengthens your arguments because if somebody actually has a good point even if they're a hater no matter where it comes from i'm like huh maybe like i didn't do a good enough job articulating my point in this mm. video and like i got that in a black friday video i made where i think somebody was saying how like oh this guy's just blaming it all on corporations uh, that people buy shit mm. and I'm like that's if you re watch the whole video I clarify that that I'm like we need to take responsibility for ourselves yeah. but at the same time I'm willing to look at that argument objectively and be like well did does he have a point did I not do a good enough job with my argument mm. in what ways can I actually improve it and in that way I know that there's a lot of people that shy away from criticism or just say oh don't even listen to them haters are haters yeah. and then I'm like eh, you know what I don't know mm. I, I like to look at arguments and I like to sharpen my arguments as best I can if in the last week you've been called a fuckwit by 10 different people, chances are you're probably a fuckwit. Yeah. Or <laughs> you're re reaching a lot of people. Yeah, true. If <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. You go. If, if you do the numbers, it's like... Yeah. yeah. If it's a significant percentage yeah. and a lot of people yeah. hate your shit, yeah. <laughs> then you're yeah. like, maybe I'm just being a troll. Yeah. But I think if you're willing to put yourself out there and build something, I think there is a level of, yeah, like you said, being okay with people um, saying something or, or calling you out for something. I think it's a trade-off. Yeah, and I think that when you start creating yourself, you are much less likely to hate on other people. Yeah, yeah. Because so you, you know you what it takes. Empathy. Yeah, you know how hard it is yeah. to put yourself out there and how much vulnerability it takes to really like speak what's on your mind. And I think at that same time, that's why we need to be respectful of each other. But then again, if there's an idea that somebody's talking about and you disagree with them, I think it's okay to either talk about that in your own content mm. or to have a discussion with them there. 
but you just have to be mindful that people are a little bit sensitive. I think, Josh, with your blog and and our podcast, being okay and solidifying thoughts, mm. like putting stuff out constantly, allows you to solidify your thinking on something. And then having those rock-solid thoughts mm. or beliefs on something and sharing that, there's a high chance that it's going to disrupt or annoy somebody and I looked at, and I what, Josh has got a blog now since he's quit social media oh yeah which is a whole other discussion Josh it's, it's good he's, oh, he's I, written I, some I'm stuff an RSS. And he, he sends it to me and um, I say fuck Sometimes. off you're a fuckwit no <laughs> but he sends it to me and I, and I the ones that I like the most are the ones that sort of cause a little bit of internal conflict where I'm like, people are going to think you're a fuckhead for saying that. And they're yeah. not even that bad. Or it's yeah. like, I even challenge his thought there, but it's not enough where I've like got a rock-solid fact against what he said. But I was like, that's what I actually like about it. But just having an opinion, being able to actually stand yeah. for something I think is has way more cut through than just sort of like adding heaps of disclaimers and making sure that you're not upsetting people. And doesn't it mm. take like when you're writing something... Uh, to, to be able to think about the other argument. You're like yeah. thinking from the perspective of the viewer, of the reader, of yeah. the audience and mm. saying, will they be able to poke holes in this? Yeah. Because like you're trying to prove a point. You're yeah. like writing a persuasive essay yeah. and it, it takes understanding how people might perceive it. And I think if you're like ignorant to that, then you're not going to be as effective. Absolutely. What was mm. your uh, goals a year ago with the YouTube channel? It was to make a living out of it. That yeah. was my goal from day one of starting my podcast and my YouTube channel, which was like maybe two years ago when I started it. And it was transitioning from freelance filmmaking work, working with clients to doing my own thing, making mm -hmm. videos, podcasts. And it seemed like the biggest leap. And it, in a mm. lot of ways, it was like yeah. just the craziest leap to be able to build an audience and to have them support you financially is wild. And I thought it was... I don't know if I, you know, you, I believed in myself yeah. because I, I did it yeah. and I went for it. But at the same time, you're like, Matt, I don't think this is going to work. What, I was, think what was the actual journey? Like, was there a point where you're like, I don't know if this is going to be, this is going to work. Like, and then, yeah, what, what was that sort of So path? there was like a bit of a in-between where I'm doing freelance client work. I'm working on a couple final projects, which kind of stretched maybe four months mm -hmm. into uh, my making of original content. And then... I had to just say, all right, this is going to be, I'm going to have to do a strong stop on all this client work. If I'm really trying to build momentum, if I'm really going to make this work, I need to actually dedicate two years. Like I had, you know, I feel like you have to set a, a, a time period of like how long you're actually going to give this a shot, yeah. a full time shot of not really making any money elsewhere. Mm. And I did have some money coming in from minimalism, uh, my first documentary, which was paying out quarterly, which gave me you know a little bit of money here and there, but it wasn't paying my bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so it was nice to have that. But at the same time, I was like, all right, I've really got two years to make this work. I built up some runway. I stopped doing freelance work about four or five months in, and then what does runway look like to you? Do you think there's an equation where it's like three months of salary is you know what you should be aiming for? It depends how much risk you can stomach, and yeah. I'm not really good with risks. Yeah. Having so you had well, five years runway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I legit probably had at least a year to yeah. two years, probably. Uh -huh. um, and and it's that literally like you work out it cost me X amount of, to live a month. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't that like specific with it, but it was like all right, yeah, like generally if it if I you know maybe twenty thousand twenty five thousand dollars a year I need for basic expenses. Yeah. Mm -hmm knowing that Natalie has a job too and I have a little bit of a security and fallback and she knows that she can help me out if things get really tough. Yeah. But obviously just like spending a lot less money, 
but it was like my bank account drained quickly mm. and I couldn't make the same purchases I used to with camera gear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. very easy to make upgrades when you're making money. You get a big job and you're like, great, now I can upgrade my camera. So I had to like really kind of be tight with things for the beginning. Any hard conversations with Nat around it? No, no. I and yeah, we were. She was like fully supportive from the beginning. Although she did just tell me because I had this moment in the beginning when I was like Nat, like I don't know if I should do this. And she's like, I believe in you. You got to do it. You got. You've been talking about it for so long. You just got to take the jump. And then I just talked to her the other day, and she's like, I didn't believe you. <laughs> like, I really, I didn't think you were going to be able to do it. I was like, there's no way he's going to be, you know, like, be able to build an audience and make money doing it. But maybe that's just a, a realistic partner that is also supportive at the same time. Because yeah. I don't think, it doesn't make... If you s- couldn't believe in yourself, if you didn't know if you yeah. could do it, yeah. how the fuck can you expect yeah. her to? Yeah, I think it'd be, you wouldn't be together and, and engaged if she was like, nah, I don't think you can do it either. Yeah, or if she was so delusional. She believed in me. I, like, you, she shouldn't believe in me that much. Because yeah. she yeah. knows who I am. She yeah. knows you don't that want I'm to like, date a fangirl. Yeah. Uh, yeah except she's probably spewing you haven't got The Rock yet on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. get The Rock on your podcast. Um, the the model that you've got, I explain, as in the, I guess you could call it, do you look at what you're doing as like my business model is X? Is that Have you got a description for that? Because um, I look at what you're doing with your Patreon yeah. subscribers. I guess it's like a modern day business model. It's like uh, freemium. But I, I, exp- I tried to talk. Yeah. I explained to this guy who is a, a really big author in Australia and he's got a huge subscription model business. And I was saying, oh, you should check out um, Matt Diavello. He's made some amazing stuff. And he kind of uh, couldn't wrap his head around the Patreon stuff. Hmm. And how do you explain that model? Because I think it is new. I, I, I get it, but it's also it's very interesting to... My parents would be like, what the fuck? And I could imagine yeah. your mum and dad are like, you do what? Yeah, how does that work? So what? how, how do you explain how I, you make money through your content? Yeah, so I knew from the beginning that, well, I knew from the beginning that advertising wasn't going to be the best way for me to talk about my content because mm. a lot of it is critical of advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's very hard to not be a hypocrite and get ads while also criticizing it. And... So that was kind of tough, but although at the same time, I'm not against advertising. I don't think advertising is evil, period, full Mm. stop. I think that a lot of advertising is manipulative, and I think a lot of people, oh my God, it's just like polluted Instagram with the sponsored posts, and it's just all over the place where you're like, it's very hard to get like an authentic real post without knowing somebody's actual true intentions behind it. Have you ever been paid for an Instagram post? Yeah, no, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I've not, I haven't been paid. I haven't done any advertising or any sponsorships on Instagram or anything. Um, I might explore that in the future as just a one-off video type experiment yeah, to just yeah. sell out for a ton of money yeah, for yeah. one Instagram post or one they, YouTube video. That's what they all say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Next just he's selling spray tan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just doing the squeegee as a test. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do have a couple of videos around that that's just like just to play around with it and uh, yeah. kind of be a bit ironic and mm-hmm. cheeky with it. But uh, the advertising thing, I was, a, I was thinking about maybe doing like the Tim Ferriss method, which like his works really well is... I will only promote products that I've used, tested, that actually add value to my life. Mm-hmm. And like that t- seems to me to be okay. But also at the same time, I was like, let me just give it a shot. Mm. Let me just try if I can do it without advertising. How do you see that packed? So you had a, um, a deal with... Uh, how, how did that work? A collab yeah. with creating a bag? Yeah, so there was this bag called uh, the Packed One, which was a physical product. It was a bag, like a travel bag. And... I partnered with them 
I got like a small stake, like I want to say like eight percent or something mm-hmm. to of like profit of the production of the bag to make all the video content surrounding it. Mm-hmm. So it's a partnership. And like this is the only time I, w- I think I would ever do work with a brand is if I'm actually a partner in the project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I and it has to be something I believe in, something was this I care within about. the two years that you'd said no more. Yes. So yeah. that was like an exception in that it wasn't client work because I was a partner. Yes. And I would have actually, when it came down to it, I would have gotten paid a lot more if I had done it as yeah, a freelance sure. yeah, so basis. You'll be, in future, if someone was to say, "Hey, we'll pay you fifteen grand to do this, these, you know, this video." or we'll give you equity, how do you make the call? How can you actually sort of work out which makes more sense? Right now, it's, it's a blanket no to all of that. Yeah. Uh, just because I know that if I do... It's do hard a, to make profit in those things, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. I think that the, the percentage deals is, is tough because you actually end up putting a lot more work and time and energy into it mm, than you yeah. would otherwise mm-hmm. because you are now a partner and you have to get on every partner phone call and you have to, mm. you know, be talk like you have to figure out the business logistics and you have to read all the contracts and it takes a lot more work than does just executing on some creative concepts yeah. and you don't feel as tied to it. Mm. Uh, I think that that's why it's more valuable. That's why you should potentially get a bigger stake in the mm-hmm. project if you can bring a lot of value to it. But yeah, so how do you explain to mum and dad how yeah. you make so it's, money? So it's, it's all through Patreon, which is basically... A lot of people see it as just like a donation site, as a way to just donate and contribute to creators that you care about, that you want to be able to help support. I think it's like GoFundMe. Yeah, but it's not quite a GoFundMe <laughs> because generally... <laughs> he hasn't got his illness. Yeah, exactly. Some people kind of use it as that. I mean, you have the Sam Harris, is who he recently left Patreon, but... He was on it, and I don't think he gave a he gave he did AMAs, yeah. where he just did at like one podcast a month, where he's answering people's questions from yeah. Patreon, and he was one of the most popular people on there. Mm. So I think it's like basically you're giving somebody content, mm-hmm. uh, you're giving these groups content, and you can do tiers. So I'll do like I have a tier that's four dollars a month, which is people basically paying to just support my ad free content. And then you have... So I that's have, the equivalent of a GoFundMe That's basically, thing, yeah. Like, mm. You don't have that much coin, but you want to support me in some way? Yes. Do that. And then you have the $8 a month, which is I do an AMA once a month, just mm-hmm. answering Patreon-only questions. And that's like a, usually like a 50 to 60-minute podcast. And then I have the top tier, which is $12, which is really the main tier and what most people do. And it is videos. I, I make like, this video. I'm actually shooting the mm. podcast that we're recording right now, and I'm going to release that mm. as a separate little piece of content. We but get I'll, 8%. Yeah, 8%. Get, yeah, 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 8% joking. of all sales. 8% of profit. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Expenses <laughs> that right? outrageous. Yeah, the, the trip here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then... Uh, Private planes are yeah, very expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's actually paid for every one of these boats yeah, in the yeah, background yeah, yeah. to drive Listen, past. Here, like, you know, a lot of people think minimalism isn't about buying things, but a private plane is an experience. <laughs> it's a physical thing, but it's also an experience. Um, but uh, yeah, so then the, it's also just edited videos. It's like behind yeah. the scenes content. It's like anything that I wouldn't put on my uh, actual YouTube channel is mm. in the form. It kind of just gives people more of a behind the scenes look at what my life is like and also yeah. how I make my videos. So it is, you're getting something for your money, but then also Patreon is meant to be subscription-based. Yeah. So it's really not about one-off donations. It's about people that want to support you for the long run. What mm-hmm. sort of drop-off rate do you, do you have? It's pretty good right now, but I mean, I'm still learning because I'm about four months into it, Yeah. Uh, about from originally starting my, my Patreon account. And I think at the end of the month, 
I you get a little drop off where I might lose thirty to forty, and I have about a thousand now okay. at this point. Do you feel weird about people knowing roughly how much money you make? Um, no, no, I don't feel weird about it. I think that the, the, that's like an interesting conversation just about money, and I, I personally. There's a lot of people that share openly how much money they make and yeah. they do their financial breakdowns. Mm. I feel a little bit uncomfortable about that. It's easy to do when, you, when you're only making twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year. Yeah. But then obviously people always stack and rank and compare themselves mm. to others. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't want people to ha- feel that comparison game where like, oh, I need to make as much as Matt's making. But also but, there's that comparison thing of people being like, oh, well, I don't make that much money. So I'm not going to support you yeah. based on, on that. Like people can then start making the call band. Like I think... Matt should only be making five and a half grand a month. So I'm I'm not going to... The way that I think I get around that is that uh, if the only reason that you're supporting me is because you're trying to help me pay my bills, then... And like maybe you yourself don't have the money to contribute. And first of all, just don't contribute if you don't have the money for it. (laughs) Second of all... uh, You did did threaten me before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Go my neck. Uh, But then uh, at the same time, I'm like, for me... I feel like I'm providing enough quality content yeah, yeah. that it justifies people paying for it. So, like, it's not just to support my my living and yeah, for exactly. me to stay alive. They're buying something. They're paying, and yeah. that's and that's why I guess the GoFundMe thing, like, just treating it like that, can be a little bit weird because mm. people do have a point, which is like, yeah, you can get it all on on YouTube, but I reckon you do the best Patreon stuff. Like you're like I support probably a dozen people on Patreon and you're the only person that I like consistently watch really? the extra material. Yeah. Well, Why yeah, is that? Well it's because I feel like I'm actually gaining some insights. So the behind the scenes stuff that you did, like the video breakdown was great. The AMAs mm. are really good. I think that most people see see how many people they're reaching with Patreon and they're like, oh, I'm only ever, I'm only reaching 200 people so I'm mm. only going to put that amount of effort and they put all of their effort into their free content where I think you've got the balance of I'll watch a video mm. and it's like epic production value and then I'll look and it's like 150 people are only watching it on your mm. thing. Yeah. You're still giving it the time and the respect because reality is you're making like 10 grand or whatever is, from Is that you're thinking? Yeah. Like you, because you, you could get 200,000 plus on your channel. What's the thinking between making it for 150 people? Yeah, well, or, it is. I mean, honestly, like it's fucking great because those 150 people are the ones that are paying my salary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think for me, it's it feels, uh, it feels just as good to put a, that amount of effort into it. And I'm somebody that's like, I can't just make a throwaway video. Yeah. I can't. It's very difficult yeah. for me to sit down and edit a video and be like, oh, I'm just going to make this one shitty. Even you your know what I mean? and shit look nice. They're all shot well. Yeah. I mean, it's I not think like you're shooting on like a MacBook Pro webcam. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, you know this. Like as a filmmaker, it's like you take a lot of pride in what you do yeah. and it doesn't matter how big the audience is. Mm-hmm. And I think that I guess what I could say that I do is I just keep it very simple. And mm-hmm. like um, some people maybe oversimplify it in that they will say I don't want to put anything behind a paywall Yeah, and I think that kind of thinking is silly because you're like well then you're only going to be able to ever make money through advertising mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ways to make premium content for people that people pay for yeah. you put a lot of time and thought and energy into like videos that are a course and I think that people should have to pay a premium for that stuff. You tried to do the whole course thing or you were at the early stages of it. Yeah, yeah, I did. You, ba- you bailed pretty quick <laughs> on that. You I bailed? did bail. I did bail. Yeah, for now. 
what was the thought process on that? It was, was before it? I started Patreon, I had a habit course that I was developing that I started to write and then... You couldn't keep the habit up? I couldn't did. keep the habit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I needed to take a habit course in order to figure out how to keep up my habit well, course. I think actually first it was a filmmaking Course. I've had a couple, yeah. yeah, different ones that I had, had played with. I think Haven't early on, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a reality. Yeah. So many people have just thought, oh, that's a great way," because I think you can logically make sense of it. Yeah. Well, if I have this and I sell yeah. it for that, and then I, I think can the make guy this. that works at IGA has thought about creating a mobile video course. You know, everyone's yeah. like. It seems like a very common thing. Absolutely. How to use your mm. iPhone. Yeah. How to back up your iPhone. I'd fucking use that because I've got no idea. Yeah, no clue how that works. <laughs> and so what was the... How far did you get into the course? Did you get the curriculum together? Uh, I got Yeah, I got the curriculum, basic thing structured, and I started to write maybe three or four of the episodes or videos. And then it, I just... And like I set a deadline for it. Like, hey, guys, sign up for my newsletter. Oh, and really? Then, and then, fun. yeah, sign up for my newsletter. And then I knew that I had maybe three months to put this whole course together. Yeah. And I just realized, like, this is going to be really difficult to finish in time. Yeah. Because not only am I making all this content that is going live to YouTube and a podcast and a video and all this stuff, then all on top of that, Basically, I would need to make like a video every other day. Mm. It's just I was like, it was a one-off payment too, was it, or was it going to be subscription? Uh, it was going to be a one-off payment. Yeah. But I think it comes down to too the fact that there are people out there that I know they're like, yeah, you just make a course in a week, just whip it together. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that. I can't no. just like put together shit and well, just look at your success. It's preparation and the years and years of slogging away and then committing to that so it's like you i see these people that see it as an easy thing even people with audience yeah i've got i've got a friend who has a big audience and i and he's had that same thinking and it's and it's what's the thinking uh the thinking of well if i've already got an audience and now i just create a course they'll buy it yeah and i can sell lots of them and it's you know um it's not it's not always as easy especially yeah because you need and i think he's offering enough yeah and so it's hard how do you what do you think about how you what the success you've had now and how you could apply it to doing something else well i think like the first thing is that it, it's all about reputation so you would never want to like half-ass something or you you would want to make sure whatever you're putting out there that mm-hmm. has that same kind of quality that people would come to expect from you the same mm-hmm. kind of energy and the the output that you have created before do you mean like creating something completely different from Film or doing so like I guess a course? The principles from what you've learned along the way of building okay. your subscribers and the effort you've put into making the two year runway now that you don't to actually make it work. To make it actually work. What were they? And, yeah. And what could you then take that and apply? Like, do you think it's transferable to something yeah. else? I think the one one key is consistency. Yeah. Is like I set out and I said I'm going to do a video. Well, it was originally podcast every Wednesday and then a video ended up coming out every Monday. Hmm. And then I kept that consistency up, especially when things were growing. At that point, actually, in the first month of growth, I did two videos a week because like people didn't know who I was. They were subscribing to me and they were yeah. seeing me for the first time. So I felt like I wanted them to see more of me. Is there a risk in that? So say you set up a consistency where it's like, once a week and then all of a sudden you say oh now that I'm going through this hyper growth I'm going to do two a week do you then set yourself up for that being the new expectation it was for a little while and then Mm -hmm. eventually I had to just be like I cannot maintain this did you lose anything from doing that from going back to one no yeah no my growth didn't change my growth I mean it only got bigger from doing 
I think this is maybe my learning lesson is that there's a lot of the daily vloggers, daily bloggers, whatever, just trying to create lots and lots and lots of content, which is good, I think, in the beginning. So it's yeah. a volume game. Yeah, because you're getting better, though. You're building up skills a lot quicker than somebody who's doing one a week. Yeah. But then I think that the best game to play right now is because there's so much content out there. It doesn't matter if you're creating more because mm. there's people, there's a 3,000 people just like you that are creating just as much yeah. that are creating the same kind of content. So if you slow down and you're like, I'm going to make one thing a week, but I'm going to make it fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to continue to make one thing a week for the next two years and continue to build it. And like, granted, I had 10 years of filmmaking experience before heading yeah. into this, but everybody's got, if they've built up some skills or if they're a graphic designer, they have some kind of skill that they've crafted over the, yeah. over the years or something that they can build through freelance and other work that I think they can kind of hinge on as their thing. Yeah. But it's like consistency was huge. And then also you do have to have like a bit of gut or like learn from putting stuff out there. Like I, I can identify what's working well and it's a lot of it's common sense, but it's like you just see a video performing well and you're like, okay, that kind of content works well. How can I then recreate this for a different subject? Yeah. Mm. Can Mate. you be too strategic? Are we? Are you wrapping up? Yeah, I'm wrapping, I'm wrapping up. up. Jeez, I want oh, to there it is. Yeah, oh, I reckon. So no, well, well, tomorrow, Bondi, yeah. Christmas Day. Uh, uh, Matt Diavelli, you joining us? For I that would as love well. to. <laughs> All right, great. It's the Daily Talk Show. Hi, thedailytalkshow.com. If you want to send us an email, Diavelli is joining us throughout the the week yeah. while we're in Sydney. Check out his YouTube channel. Yep. Nah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the Daily Talk Show. Have a good one, guys. See you guys. <laughs>